Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we're here for not yet another episode. I'm sitting here at WPPI 2019 and with a relatively new friend of mine, Elizabeth Berge, correct? I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that correct. Thank you so much for making time for the podcast. Oh, it's great to meet you in person. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I've said this to a number of photographers, but I love the opportunity to be able to actually get to sit down with photographers that at clients, too. Um, it, the podcast itself, we don't always have clients on. It's photographers from all over the industry. But the opportunity that I actually get to have to sit down with photographers who have used their service, to actually get feedback, to hear about their perspective, their experience is really wonderful. But then ultimately, we also get to have a conversation about where you're at in business, the things that you're learning. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about something really we haven't discussed in the podcast thus far in over 200 episodes, which is portfolio building, particularly for newer photographers. So we're going to get to that here in just a second. This is a little bit of a different format. I'm calling it a snapshot. So maybe just 10 or 15 minutes instead of the typical hour episode. But let's start first with just like a 30-second overview of your photography business. If somebody says, Elizabeth, tell me about your business, how would you sum it up? Okay, this was a little hard for me, but I would I would sum it up as I'm very big about creating a safe and friendly space for my clients because I feel like that way they can shine in front of the camera. So that's basically it in a nutshell, creating a safe and friendly space so I can get the best pictures for you. I actually like that a lot. Yeah. Like if I were to see that on a website, I wanted to hire you as a photographer. Um, first of all, you have a wonderful, very genuine smile. And, and, and hopefully that comes through in the pictures, too, for your clients as they see a picture of you on your website. But then that statement of or the goal, the mission to create a safe space, most people aren't used to being in front of the camera. So the idea that that is your purpose when they come to you to create that safe space so they can feel comfortable, that's going to translate to more emotive images uh, as a result. And I think that's a really big deal. What is that, where does that come from? Did, like, did you have a bad experience in front of the camera at some point? And you're like, I need to fix this. Yeah, I definitely, it was definitely kind of like that. I just had so many clients constantly be like, I'm really uncomfortable in front of the camera. I'm really bad in front of the camera. I don't like the way I look when I get my pictures taken. And it made me really sad. I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. And and I noticed once I made them feel comfortable, I helped them with posing, gave them a lot of positive reinforcement. Like while I'm taking pictures, they felt good about themselves and it really shined and and I was able to capture them, you know, like happily, you know, and and then they would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is me or these pictures are me. And yeah, so that's kind of how that happened. (laughs) Well, I I really, truly love the focus you you hear or see if you just visit a hundred different photographers' websites. A lot of photographers, unfortunately, are saying the exact same kind of things. Um, but the way that you just described that, your focus on your, your mission to create a safe space, um, stands out to me. It, it's not, I haven't quite heard it described that way or a photographer that is focusing on that. So props to you for that. You stand out and that's a big deal in these days with so many photographers in the industry. But from your experience as a photog- photography business owner, and by the way, how many years have you been in business at this point? Um, 
I think it would be coming on four years this year. So four years, not extremely long. I'm sure that you have learned a variety of lessons so far. Sometimes it takes just kind of being in it and and learning from experience to improve as a photographer, to improve as a photography business owner. What would you say is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Like if you had a chance to sit down for 15 seconds with somebody and, and you wanted to share the most important lesson that you've learned as a business owner so far, what would that be? I would definitely be being okay with rejection, like being okay with people saying no, because I think a lot of people get really upset if a client doesn't book them or I, a lot of new photographers are like, Oh, I really wanted this wedding. They didn't book me. And then they, they think that it's them. And I'm just like, that client just wasn't right for you. And just being okay with that. And you're good. It's a bit, it's your, it's your own business. There's going to be a lot of no's and just being like, okay, that's fine to move on, you know? So that takes two things in my mind, if I'm just thinking um, quickly here. One is a little bit of security in yourself, right? I, I like the point that you make, which is this is not about you. It's not personal. Yeah. It just wasn't a fit for what they were looking for. But then the way that you also filter out clients that aren't a good fit for your brand is being very, very clear about what your brand stands for. And that helps filter. I mean, if you don't want to work with a client who's going to come in and there's going to be a disconnect of some kind, that translates again to the camera, right? So being very clear about your brand to begin with, what you're actually looking for in a client is also extremely important. So I, I like that. I like the I like the objectivity in that instead of, because it's easy, right? As, as artist types, and, and I'm a pretty emotional individual, like I can get caught up in my feelings about something. We can get caught up as, as, as artist types in our feelings about the way that somebody makes us feel about our work or um, the service that we have to offer. But there's a certain level of objectivity to your perspective that I really like. Again, where does that come from? You seem to have this very calm demeanor about you that I, I think is great. It probably translates to clients, but where does that come from? I mean, I just, I, I used to take things so personally and, um, and then I just had to, step, yeah, like take a step back and realize that it has nothing to do with my work. It's just like, like you said, it's, you want to have a client, you want the client that really wants you and you don't want to like, change your style change something in order just to book that client and then it ends up being a disaster you know so i think obviously didn't happen overnight it takes time now as as far as photography what type of photography is it primarily portrait photography that that you're doing right now or is it a combination of that and wedding or something else I, I mainly do weddings and events, a lot of wedding and events. And then I started off, though, because I'm, was, I'm in Los Angeles doing headshots, actor headshots, because there's so many actors. So um, that's how I started off. And I think that was good because you learn how to do port. It is like portraits, basically. And then that really helps you in weddings because you are doing a lot of bride and groom portraits, groom and groom, bride, bride, you know, type things. Okay, so with... These types of various types of photography, um, gear obviously plays a, a role. What is a favorite piece of camera gear in your camera bag, like a go-to that you would pick up right away? Yeah, I think probably every photographer says this, but it's my 50 millimeter. I love it. It's just, it's exactly what your eye sees, you know? So that's my, definitely my go-to lens. I always have to have that. Now, you talked about headshots and that kind of being an inroads into your photography business. I, I'm sure you pretty quickly developed a portfolio from that. But when we were briefly chatting before meeting today about what we might talk about here for the podcast, you you mentioned this idea of portfolio building, particularly for new photographers. And I mean, there are wonderful opportunities these days, whether it's styled shoots or going to workshops and conferences to, to begin to build a portfolio. There might be an opportunity to photograph a friend or family member 
I mean, the list can potentially go on, but I'd love to get your perspective, especially being only being in business thus far for about four years. Um, what what are different ways that you would suggest new photographers begin to develop a portfolio? Not just any, you know, it'd be easy to shoot a variety of random images, but how do they develop a portfolio more specifically for the type of business that they're trying to create? I definitely say to, well, I, I think that if you reach out to a photographer that you really like and ask if you can shadow their second, I think it's a little too bold to be like, can I second for you, you know? But if you say, can I shadow your second photographer, then you really learn what a second photographer needs to get for that lead photographer. And no bride and groom is going to be like, no, I don't want an extra photographer. I mean, they're going to love it. It's an extra coverage, you know? And then once you learn from that second photographer, then the lead photographer will feel more comfortable to have you as a second. And then obviously you'll be getting depending on the photographer, getting um, pictures from that wedding to help build your portfolio. So this is actually interesting because I've literally never heard anyone suggest that specifically for the sake of portfolio building. And most of the time you hear about being a second, right? Yeah. And and the opportunity to be a second photographer, hopefully get a few images that, that the, the primary photographer lets you use for your portfolio. But if they were to bring a second, you on as a second and you don't have a whole lot of experience, it doesn't work out so well for them. So the idea of shadowing a second is pretty fascinating. Maybe you could offer it to also be an assistant of sorts and carry gear and, and so forth. But there's an opportunity there to, to, to shadow the photographer and then snap a few pictures here and there. And it in no way interferes with the workflow of the established business. Yeah, because I definitely made the mistake of uh, taking somebody on as a second, and and they were great, don't get me wrong, but they did not get the things that I needed as a second because they were a newbie, you know, and even though I was very clear and very specific on what I wanted and sent them a Pinterest board and said, listen, this is what I want you to get, they were so nervous and stuff that they didn't get the stuff that I wanted. So I I was thinking it's better if you shadow a second because then you you're not it's not as nerve-wracking for you and you're learning what you need to get yeah absolutely lower pressure right (laughs) and probably lower expectations too especially from the primary photographer okay so that's a that's a really great way what's another way Okay, so when I first started, I didn't really know about style shoots. I mean, I probably was in the dark ages or something, but I, like, had no idea what those were. So I literally would go to secondhand shops, and I would buy, like, prom dresses or whatever, uh, like, pretty gowns. And then I would just have friends of mine that were already married or were couples, and I would just photograph them in, like, really popular places that I figured other people would want engagement sessions at or elopements at. And then that way I had in my blog something that people could see. You know what I mean? Like, oh, for example, like the Santa Monica Pier is really popular. So I would have like my friends pose for me there and do like kind of like a mock engagement session. And then that way I had something in my portfolio where a real a real client, potential client would see that and be like, oh, okay, she's done something there. And do you find that there's quite a bit of costs involved in, in getting these styled shoots set up? Or are you, are you able to keep the cost down, especially if everybody's kind of pitching in for the sake of getting some images for their website or otherwise? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a real, I'm so thrifty. So I would find dresses for like $20 and under, you know, because if you go to like a thrift store, you can find some pretty, like pretty gowns for 
cheap. And, and they don't even have to look that great in person because you can't tell in photographs sometimes. Like sometimes the gowns would look, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that is not okay. That's got a rip in it. But you can't tell in pictures. You just would like cover it with a hand or something. Um, and then as far as getting like a makeup artist or someone, I always would look for someone who is new like me and wanted to build their portfolio and wanted... The, the images for their Instagram or their website, you know, so it, it actually is not expensive at all. It's pretty reasonable to do. And you don't live in a very cheap market either, so that's interesting to hear that perspective. I also love the, the focus on uh, kind of a value-add proposition, right? So if you go to a makeup artist or a hairstylist or any other person that might be involved in a style shoot, of course, the, the natural value that you can add to them or to their business is a set of images from the shoot. Um, so there's mutual benefit involved. So that's really great. That's the second one. Do you have one more you can add to the mix? I mean, so the third one is basically what most people do is do a style, you know, attend a style shoot workshop. I just really highly suggest you do your research because I think style shoots are really saturated right now. And a lot of people who aren't knowledgeable are holding them. And then you get there and you don't learn anything. So definitely do a style shoot with a photographer that's established and that's going to teach you something so that you do get those beautiful images. But then you also learn something from that shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. I was actually just chatting with a photographer a little bit ago about these, even the, the photo, they call them photo walks. And probably many of our listeners have heard, heard this term before, especially at a big conference like this. Various photographers will host photo walks. And this also happens at workshops I've seen or conferences where there is a photographer leading a shoot and you've got whatever, 10, 20 photographers there. And they're all kind of climbing all over each other, trying to get this shot. And then in the process, because there's so many people, no one is talking to the model. It, it just seems kind of chaotic. If it's not, as you're pointing out, if it's not handled by somebody who knows what they're doing, is a good teacher who is able to kind of manage the situation and effectively teach practical information through it, it's not the biggest value add. Maybe you'll get a snapshot or two that looks decent for your portfolio. But um, I think that's really great recommendation. to, to And actually, how would you recommend finding a good like how do you know the difference between a good one and one that maybe isn't managed by somebody who actually knows what they're doing I mean, it is hit and miss. You kind of have to ask around, you know, ask other photographers. I mean, if you follow certain photographers on Instagram that you or any social media type thing that you look up to and they're you can tell that they've been doing it for a while, then you know, sign up for that. And that is hard, though. I mean, I've gone to a few duds, you know, like I had to figure it out on my own. But there definitely are good ones out there. And, yeah, just ask around, you know, ask other photographers. That's good, solid advice. And that is, you know, one of the as many problems as we run into in the photography industry because of social media. There, there is a benefit in that uh, transparency is encouraged, right? So many people are talking about their experiences at various workshops and conferences. So even just making a little bit of effort to look into it, to have some conversation, as you pointed out, is, is you should be able to find what you need to, hopefully. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate you making time to sit down and just and chat today. Um, and I'd love for you to maybe just share briefly where our listeners can find you online, your website and social media so that they can follow what you're doing. Um, you can find me on my website at elizabethbergie.com or on Instagram at elizabethbergiephotography. Perfect. And that's B-U-R-G-I, correct? Yeah. Perfect. So we'll make sure to link to this in the show notes. For those of you listening in, show notes, boca, B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com. You can check out all the information, the resources that we talk about in the podcast. Thank you again, Elizabeth, for making time. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Dot com.